Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It's Saturday, November 27th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Josh Crash Davis. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. And Josh, I know uh, we had a lot of fun with our members with the NFL lineup on Thanksgiving. Yeah, we we had a lot of uh, a lot of good good plays there that we put out there. And um, you know, for for my lineup, for my FanDuel lineup, I did have DeAndre Swift unfortunately get hurt, but still was able to pull it into the cash with that lineup. So that was good. Yeah, absolutely. That was for the full three gamer. We also destroyed game one on the showdown lineups, Chicago, yeah. Detroit. Um, we actually gave out a FanDuel or sorry, a Yahoo hybrid and a GPP lineup that finished first and third in Yahoo's biggest contest for that Chicago Detroit game. So mm -hmm. uh, that's something that I think goes a little bit overlooked is the availability of Yahoo. And they've had some great contests on there where they're giving away a lot in terms of the management fee. So jump in with us. That's one thing to take advantage of. We're, we're now giving the cash and GPP lineups on Yahoo on yeah. all the main slates. Uh, so we'll, we'll give out those full lineups to our members here on all these NFL slates, along with the full lineups on FanDuel and the DraftKings Coaches Clipboard. So DFSCoachTalk.com if you want to take advantage of the tremendous Black Friday sale that is continuing today here on Saturday and into tomorrow. Uh, we'd love to have you. All right, so what we're going to do here for the main slate on Week 12 is, again, break down four of the key games, talk about some of these positions that we want to attack, the matchups, places we want to fade in some of these higher total games. And this week we are going to start with Tampa Bay and Indianapolis. This is the highest total on the board at 53. Mm. Tampa Bay favored by three. Both teams with winning records here. And Tampa coming in off a strong win over the Giants. And I'm looking at that passing game again here. This is this is the way to attack Indianapolis. Is, is through the air. Uh, quarterbacks, third highest fantasy points per game for the quarterbacks. And wide receivers, second highest fantasy points. Mm. Meanwhile, the running backs are the fewest fantasy points. So... You know, that's a that's a pretty strong message to me. Uh, and we know that Tampa Bay loves to throw it. Uh, they've got one of the best back there. Got a bunch of weapons. Unfortunately for them, Antonio Brown is still out. And their left guard, Ali Marpet, is doubtful. But other than that, uh, I like the passing game here. You know, if you look at what uh, – remember that Jets-Indianapolis game recently? I mean, that mm -hmm. just goes to show you the Jets QB is combined for 412 passing yards and four touchdowns against Indianapolis. Yeah. So we know Brady can can match that. Oh, yeah. So I'll get him out there. I like the, the matchup for Godwin here. Uh, and Evans has been removed from the injury report, but we know that he was a little bit hampered in that last game. Mm -hmm. Always, uh, you know, a chance of aggravating one of his multiple injuries. So I like Godwin over Evans here. And then the deep threat here I want to mention is Brashad Perriman. He was the guy that they took a deep shot uh, with against the Giants. He ended up with just two catches for 19 on the four targets. But he's minimum price this week, Josh, on DraftKings at 3000 I think he's worth a look. And I think Gronk is worth a look again. He's got the sixth best matchup uh, for tight ends. And he was solid throughout against the Giants. Six catches for 71. He was a key guy in our lineups on those mm -hmm. Monday night games. Uh, so I, I like multiple aspects here uh, of the passing attack. 
Yeah, and and the crazy thing is, is even though that game Monday was a blowout, it was Brady throwing forty six times with a twenty point game. You know, so yeah, I mean a lot of underneath throws, check checking it down. Fournette caught six balls again, mm-hmm. and if Indianapolis tries to do the same thing and prevent the deep throws, you know Brady will check it down all night yeah. or all afternoon, I guess, since yeah. this is an early game. Right, right, sure will. Sure will. I agree with the points you made. Um, I was looking at from my research that Godwin would be the play over Evans as well. I think Pro Football Focus was saying the same thing. So, yep, he does have a higher rating this week. And then Gronk did have the highest advantage for tight ends when he's matched up against Bobby Okariki. Um, so he, you know, Pro Football Focus really likes him too. So beautiful. All right, how about the Colts side? Um, really just looking at Jonathan Taylor. I know he's super expensive, 9,800 on FanDuel, 9,100 on DraftKings. I do know that the Bucks are tough against the run and they may have Vita Vea, but I just feel like the, the Colts are just kind of in a, a mood of we're just going to run it no matter who's in front of us, you know. And and Taylor, we saw it last week against Buffalo. I mean, he got five touchdowns, four rushing and one receiving. Um, and Buffalo was the previous, you know, toughest run defense that that there was in the league so i just feel like they're just going to make a point um and and prove a point in this game that they can run on anyone and i think they will have success taylor has had over 100 yards in five of his last six games and scored over 20 fantasy points in eight consecutive games and um i think that he'll 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 do it i really do well i'll tell you what it'll be entertaining to see if that's the approach they take and it would be strength against strength. We know that mm-hmm. Indianapolis and Taylor, awesome rushing attack. But Tampa Bay, ultra strong against the run. I'm not, I'm not willing to pay up for Taylor this week because, as you mentioned, Vita Vea is probable to return. And it's just been few and far between with any decent numbers against this group. Uh, after the big game, I think it's a, a good opportunity to fade Taylor. I'd rather go with Hines in this backfield. If you're going to invest there, he's only 4,000 on DraftKings. Didn't do much last week because Taylor was doing it all. But yeah. if, they're, if they're playing from behind, I think this could be more of an opportunity for him to catch some passes. And I think he's more likely to pay off that much cheaper price tag. Well, I've got him in one of my season-long leagues, so hopefully you're right. That would be yeah, nice a bonus there. <laughs> right. Um, now, with the pass catchers, it uh, doesn't sound like you're really interested in anybody there. No, I don't. I don't think that. Um, I don't think that that's going to be the way that they attack this game. I really do think they're going to stick to the ground game, and um, it's just been really inconsistent. Hilton hasn't really done much. Pittman was kind of ascending there for a while, but he's kind of fallen back to the median a little bit lately. So I just, I just really want to go with with Taylor in the ground game, and I like the GPP play of, of Naheem Hines quite a bit, like you mentioned. So okay, I've got some interest in Pittman. Uh, because I do think they'll be playing from behind most likely. And he is inconsistent. He's not a guy I really like to trust because mm-hmm. um, that means you have to trust Wentz a little bit. Right. But, you know, mid-tier option here in what could be the highest scoring game on the slate. And I, I do trust him more than T.Y. Hilton at this stage. So Pittman could get some looks for me this week. Okay. All right, well, let's hit some predictions. Uh, we're going to continue to make one for each game, uh, try to help folks maybe uh, you know invest in some props or make those final decisions on players for DFS. Um, so game one here, 
Uh, actually, let's let's recap uh, last week on the main slate, shall we, Josh? Okay. All right. So game one, uh, I had Jefferson eleven targets. He only got ten, hmm. but he did have a pretty big game: eight for one sixty-nine and two touchdowns. So technically, I guess it's a loss, but I think yeah. it's a it's a win overall because the, the point was play him, and he smashed. So I right. think folks, if they played him, yeah, they'd be happy. Yeah, I would count that as a win for, you, okay. for your prediction. <laughs> right. um, yeah, and I had I had Dalvin Cook below 100 yards rushing, which they did. He held him to 86. And then uh, I had Kirk Cousins also below 200 yards passing, which he went way over that with 341. But did get one out of two. So yeah. take that. Yeah. All right, game two was the Raiders game, right? Mm-hmm. Raiders and Cincy. I had Waller for 80 yards and a touchdown. He didn't get the touchdown, but seven for 116. Again, I think folks would be happy if they played him with the 18.6 DraftKings points. Um, so Waller came back uh, in, a, in a pretty strong way. Yeah, yeah. And I had Jamar, uh, Jamar Chase over 100 yards, which he didn't. It was a Joe Mixon game for Cincinnati, and they really controlled the game in time of possession. So um, he only had three catches for 32 yards. And then I had Darren Waller scoring a touchdown. But he did have seven catches for 116. So, like we both mentioned, we liked Waller. So, that prediction, that side of it, kind of worked out. So, yep. And then the KC Dallas game, uh, really surprising. Uh, yeah. The numbers didn't quite add up there, did they? But I had Kelsey scoring more touchdowns than Tyree Kill, and that's how it worked out, one to nothing yeah. on the scoreboard. Right. Yep. Right off the bat, he scored, and that was it, pretty much. Um, so I had Dallas and Kansas City to combine to score over seventy. <laughs> they only got twenty-eight. So yeah, you went with you went with the bold call, and a lot mm-hmm. of people, a lot of folks were heavily invested in that game. Yeah, uh, not as bold as Michael Irvin, though. What did he have like a hundred and <laughs> hundred and twenty or something ridiculous? Yeah, like, that was funny. You put yeah. that screenshot up, right? Uh, and then uh, the last game, my my prediction was kind of contingent on Kyler Murray playing, um, so he didn't. I thought. If he did, Kirk would get a touchdown, but Kyler didn't play and Kirk did not score. Mm. And I had Russell Wilson. I thought he was going to have a big game. Not only did he not have a big game, but Arizona controlled that game pretty much. So that was a little bit of a letdown. Yep. Well, we're back for week 12 predictions here. And in the first game, I am looking at a value play here of Perriman to score a touchdown. Mm. There have been in the – you know, all those strong fantasy games by receivers against Indianapolis. There's been a number of deep threat guys to have big games. And Perriman kind of coming out of nowhere, he's only 3,000. I'm calling a touchdown because I think they're going to draw up another deep throw or two to him, and this time they'll connect. Okay. Mine is going to be Jonathan Taylor um, going over 100 yards rushing. I don't think he's going to go, like, way over it, but I think he'll get, like, 105, 110, somewhere around there, and then two touchdowns. Wow. All right. Well, that'll be uh, that'll be the turning point of the week, I think, so far for, for our lineups. Right. All right, game two, we've got Atlanta and Jacksonville. Another early start. Atlanta favored by two. Total here of 46. Now, why would we involve this game in our four-game description? I I like it as a potential low-owned, stackable game because you've got defenses that aren't very strong, and you've got players that are cheaper at the skill positions than Mm -hmm. a lot of these other marquee matchups. 
So I think it's worth a look here for a, a couple of plays. And I'm going to start on the Atlanta side. And we really need to ignore the last two weeks if we want to roster any of these Falcons because they got shut out by New England. Uh, they got smoked by Dallas, 43-3. Mm -hmm. But they do – it does look like Cordell Patterson will be back in the lineup. He's been practicing mm -hmm. this week, and he's a monster part of that offense. Uh, in the backfield, Kadri Allison is, uh, is going to be out. So it looks like we'll be back to Patterson and Davis and company. Uh, so Patterson here, above average matchup against Jacksonville. I think he'll be probably, you know, a little bit lower owned than usual mm -hmm. because of the injury status. Right. And we know that you can pair Ryan up with him because he likes to pass it to Patterson. Uh, Matt Ryan only 5,500. Again, he's been bad the last couple weeks, but the whole team has. And I'm looking more at that performance from three weeks ago, 343 and two against New Orleans. Right. You know, he's got the – He's got the ability, if they can just protect him better than they did against New England. He didn't have any time all night. So those guys are both in play for me. And then the, you know, the pass catchers, I think we can consider Russell Gage. Above average matchup here for wide receivers against Jacksonville. Uh, a lot of the guys have had uh, you know, strong performances in that similar profile. Guys like Waddle, Lockett, Beasley, Boyd. So Gage at 5,100, and then Kyle Pitts, uh, also above-average matchup for tight ends against Jacksonville, mm -hmm. 6,100, uh, certainly a favorite target of Ryan. So I'm looking to get some exposure here to the Atlanta side. Yeah, yeah, and Gage, what was interesting about him when I was going through the research here was he was actually targeted eight times against New England. So that would be a good sign if he could get that many targets against Jacksonville, obviously. And then um, – Pro Football Focus has Kyle Pitts as the highest projected scoring tight end this week. So I did love it. that too. What are your thoughts on the Jaguars? Um, first, I'm looking at James Robinson, 7,600 on FanDuel. He's pretty cheap. He's 6,200 on DraftKings. That's the lowest I've seen him in a while. Um, had a little bit of a tough time going, you know, last week against the 49ers run defense, but I feel like this is a good bounce back spot for him against Atlanta. They've allowed the third most fantasy points to running backs this year. Um, it's a really good, like I said, a good price, 6,200 for a guy like Robinson who's capable of putting up 20 to 25 fantasy points in the matchup like we're looking at right here. So, Yeah, Robinson, certainly a very secure option. Uh, guy I want to mention here is, is Chenault. And I'm interested in him at 4,400 on DraftKings because mm -hmm. they're – First of all, they've lost Jamal Agnew, who's kind of that scat back guy that they were trying to get the ball in his hands a bit. He's out with injury, and Urban Meyer actually talked about wanting to get Chenault possibly some touches out of the backfield. Um, you know, maybe he's going to go with that Debo Samuel type profile yeah. after seeing that uh, up close and personal. Uh, so Chenault in the mix for me as uh, another Jaguar to look at. Mm hmm. Yep. I looked at him too. Um, also looking at Marvin Jones, 5,900 on FanDuel, 5,300 on DraftKings. Pro Football Focus has him with the most favorable matchup um, when he's lined up against Richie Grant. Atlanta has allowed the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers. And, um, you know, Jones has, he's kind of due for a big game. He hasn't gone over double digits in fantasy points since week six against Miami. But I do think that changes this week going up against the Falcons. 
And then um, a lot of people have been playing this guy lately, Dan Arnold, uh, 5,100 on FanDuel, 4,000 on DraftKings. But James O'Shaughnessy was designated to return from IR last week, and he's been out since week two. So that's going to split up the the targets there between Arnold and O'Shaughnessy. So I'm going to definitely not play uh, Dan Arnold this week. I'm with you. How about a prediction in game two? You want to go first here? Yeah, I've got James Robinson will score 15-plus fantasy points. Oh, interesting. I've got Chenault for 14 DraftKings points. Mm. Uh, I think this will be one of his better uh, DraftKings PPR days. Touchdown would be amazing, but if we can get another five or six catches and maybe some carries, then I think he'll be in a good spot. Yep. All right, halfway through the show here, we've got two more key games to break down on the late slate. But just want to invite folks in again, dfscoachtalk.com and... I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the tremendous night that Coach had in NBA mm-hmm. last night. Uh, Takedown City on DraftKings. He went over 7K there. Winners all, all around. So congratulations to Coach. And our members certainly profited from that. And uh, the NBA podcast continues seven days a week. So check those out. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. And uh, get those notifications when those post. Uh, what else, Josh? Anything else to, we need to announce? Um, the Black Friday sale um, is going on right now. It's going through Monday, right? Is that? That is correct. Yeah, our best deals ever. Uh, so jump in, take advantage of uh, the Black Friday holiday season, mm-hmm. and join us for the rest of the basketball season uh, at a dollar a day or the rest of the football season at a dollar a day. And either way, you get all the lineups that we offer. Right. So, yeah, we'd love to have you. All right, game three, Rams and the Packers, 425 Eastern. Another good total here, 47, close spread. Rams favored by a point and a half. And I'll start on the Rams side here as I've got the visitors on this show. With the injury news there, um, Ben, uh, how do we say his last name again, Josh? Skoranek. Ben Skoranek is out. And... uh, he had some opportunities in that last game. He missed that end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Landon Akers has been added to the active roster, it looks like. But the key receivers that I'm looking at here are Van Jefferson and OBJ. And, of course, Cup. But I want to talk about Van Jefferson and OBJ because in that first uh, opportunity for OBJ, we had some members asking about whether to play him. We advised mm-hmm. people not to, not to play him. Right. And that turned out to be the right move. He just wasn't caught up to speed yet with the offense. And it sounds like he is still working his way in that direction. Mm-hmm. And he's not where he needs to be to be you know, a full part of that offense that we can trust. So I'm still preferring Van Jefferson over OBJ. You know, It's not a great matchup here against the Packers in terms of their season numbers. They're top 10 in fantasy points allowed. But... We do have Cooper Cup uh, mm-hmm. in this matchup. And, you know, number that I think we need to mention that's just pretty incredible is his average week on DraftKings is 27.7 points. Just amazing. Already over 1,000 yeah. yards and 10 touchdowns. He's very expensive for a main slate wide receiver at 9,600 mm-hmm. on DraftKings. But of any guy that could be that price, I think it's fair that he's there. So I think he's still in play. He's my favorite option for the Rams. 
Um, but I will consider going with the cheaper Van Jefferson instead. Uh, because and, th and that's really the place I want to look in this potential high-scoring game is, is one of those receivers. Not too interested here in, in Stafford, who's you know been struggling the last couple weeks, mm -hmm. uh, or, or Henderson, who you know he sort of has an average matchup and he's just not he's not really a ceiling type running back most weeks. Yeah, and Stafford has struggled sometimes in the past with Detroit when the weather gets colder. So that's a concern of mine too. Is that if Green Bay's pass rush gets after him and he loses the ball and stuff like that, that that can you know throws picks. That could all kind of unravel for him. A lot of that, to me, depends, though, if Rashawn Gary plays or not. Um, he has been practicing this week. He's he's listed as questionable. He's definitely in a better place than he was last week. Um, but if he plays, then I'm, I'm definitely looking at avoiding Matthew Stafford um, because they were not – Green Bay was not able to get a consistent pass rush from both sides of, you know, on the, on the line last week, they had Preston Smith that was getting pressure, but where Rashawn Gary usually gets pressure from the other side, they didn't have it. And to me, that was a big problem for them, which led to a lot of the passing opportunities for Kirk cousins. Cause he had just a little bit more time than he normally would have to get that pass off. So I think that if Gary plays, then, you know, that, that pass defense that we've seen from the Packers, the most of the season is going to show up again, but if he doesn't, I think Stafford and Cup and Jefferson and all those guys could have a pretty nice game. All right. Well, how about this Packers offense? Um, well, first of all, Aaron Rodgers, um, not my favorite play this week. You know, there's too many injuries on the offensive line. Bakhtiari is still out. Elton Jenkins went down towards ACL. Uh, and Josh Myers, our starting center, has been out since, I think, week three or four. Um, so that's three starters now that we're down on the offensive line. And then you've got Aaron Donald and Von, Von Miller on the other side. So that's not very promising, obviously. And then on top of that, you've got a fractured toe for Aaron Rodgers and Jalen Ramsey's going to be going up against his best receiver. So all of that adds up to me not wanting to play uh, Aaron Rodgers. I do like Aaron Jones if he plays this week, which I don't know if he will or not. They could just rest him until um, after the bye. But he's 7,000 on FanDuel. He's 6,000 on DraftKings. He had 7.1 yards per carry against the Rams last year in the divisional playoff game. 14 carries for 99 yards and a touchdown and um, saw some you know targets in the passing game too. I think that if Jones does play, they could do some two-back sets with Jones and Dylan, where Dylan will be used as an extra pass blocker. And then Jones will also be used in the screen game and split out wide to kind of help slow down the pass rush. So... Um, if Jones is out, though, I think they're going to just stack the box and try and shut down Dylan and force Rodgers to beat them with a banged-up offensive line and a broken toe. Okay. Uh, so you mentioned that you're off of Adams. Any pass catchers that you like? Yeah, I like MVS. Um, 5,600 on FanDuel, 4,100 on DraftKings. Last week, you know, they connected on that long pass towards the end of the game, a 75-yard touchdown. And I think that when Ramsey's lined up against Adams, um, that that Rodgers is going to look Scantling's way. Um, they're starting to kind of get that chemistry going that they had earlier in the year. And um, I, I think that this is going to be a pretty um, tough game for Rodgers. So he's going to have to he's going to have to find some other weapons besides Demonte Adams, who he just tries to target pretty much first you know opportunity he can in most games. Yeah, is there ever a guy that's been more frustrating than MVS who get 
a bunch of deep targets, mm-hmm. and he just very rarely seems to connect on them. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Rodgers gives him more opportunities than he's really come through on. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a, a, a better receiver, really, uh, somebody who had better hands – yeah, would have hauled in a lot more of these opportunities that he's had. Right. I mean, like yeah, last week, great. ten targets and only four mm-hmm. catches. Ten targets. Yeah, I know. I know. I was going to point that out. He had ten targets last week. He just really seems to to just give him, you know, a long leash and and just keeps targeting him uh, because he feels like he can just help their uh, offense take the t- the top off the defense and it opens up a lot more. So that's why he continues to do that. But. In this game, it's more about Devontae Adams, and I think the Rams are going to focus on trying to slow him down, even if it's, you know, safety help with Ramsey or something like that. They could do that too. But um, And then as a GPP flyer, you've got Josiah DeGuara. He's 4,900 on FanDuel, 2,600 on DraftKings. Got his first touchdown of his career last week in Minnesota, and uh, Rodgers' trust in him is going to build off of that, and he's going to be another red zone option you know, when Ramsey's up on, on Adams and stuff like that. So I do like the core as a GPP flyer, especially at 2,600 on DraftKings. So it's really cheap. Yeah. I like that price as well. All right. Prediction here for the Rams Packers game. Okay. So if, if Rashawn Gary plays, I've got the green Bay defense will sack Stafford four plus times and hold the Rams under 20 points. If he doesn't play, um, my prediction is that MVS will have at least one reception of over 40 yards. All right, so he's going to keep getting those deep opportunities. Excellent. All right, my my prediction is that Van Jefferson will outscore OBJ in fantasy points mm-hmm. on all sites. Uh, Jefferson, you know, out-targeted in last week, 7-3. to three. And I think OBJ might get more plays, more snaps, more targets. But I'm going to go one more week here of Van Jefferson feeling like the, the wiser pick. Yeah, no, I, I like that. All right, game four. Let's wrap it up with the Vikings and 49ers, also at 425 Eastern. Nice, juicy total of 49 with the over-under. The home 49ers are favored here by three. Both mm-hmm. teams five and five, coming off key wins. Uh, the Vikings side here, I'll start over there. Uh, defensively, I'll mention quickly that four of their front seven are out with various in, in injuries and issues off the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, in general, I'll say that I like the 49ers side a little bit better here. Uh, you know, they've been sort of – they've really turned it around here, right, yeah. with the, the win over the Rams. Then they just beat Jacksonville easily 30-10 to 10 last week. Defense is getting better. Mm-hmm. You know, the Vikings, they were strong offensively last week, but for some reason with the matchup, the way the 49ers are going, and then the prices for these Vikings – they're just they're all a little expensive, really. I think they're just based on the strong recent performances. Like, I mean, Cousins, three forty one and three, uh, but sixty three hundred. This matchup is considered average. Um, 49ers have not given up more than two passing touchdowns in any game since week one. Mm. Uh, Cook average matchup. Uh, he's not really been having his ceiling games lately. He did Mm -hmm. have 25 touches last week, so he's still getting that opportunity. Uh, But 8,100, again, you know, pricey. Mm -hmm. Jefferson, 8,300 on DraftKings. Wide receivers, uh, sixth fewest fantasy points here in this matchup. 
Mm. Uh, so Thielen, uh, you know, maybe he's preferable here because he's so much cheaper. But you know, I'm not. I'm just not ready to pounce on any of those guys. Maybe if I made a specific lineup where I stacked this game, then you know, obviously I'd go with uh, Jefferson or Thielen there. But for the main slate, there's nobody here I feel like is a is a must play. Yeah. Um, I still like Jefferson. I, I think that, you know, he can he can put up similar numbers to what the Cooper Cups and Devontae Adams have put up against him. Cup had eleven catches for 122. Devontae had 12 catches for 132 and a touchdown. He's really trying to establish himself in that category of those top, you know, probably five wide receivers in the league. And I think this is another opportunity for him to establish himself against the top 10 defense. That would help. That would certainly help. What are your thoughts on the 49ers? Um, Looking at Jimmy Garoppolo, 5,700 on DraftKings. You know, in the last three weeks, they've had to face San Francisco as to face two top 10 pass defenses in the Cardinals and the Rams. This week, they're going up against the Vikings, who allowed the seventh most fantasy points to quarterbacks. So should be a good spot for Jimmy G here. Um, we saw what Aaron Rodgers did last week with 385 and four touchdowns. And then um, three weeks ago, Lamar Jackson had 266 and three touchdowns against them. So I think that this is a good opportunity um, for Garoppolo. He's got all his top, top pass catching weapons, you know, now. So I, I do like Jimmy G here. Um, obviously, at the top, you've got Debo Samuel, 7,900 on DraftKings. He's been heavily involved lately in their game plan as both a receiver and a rusher. Um, he actually only had one catch last week for 11 yards, but he also had eight rushes for 79 and a touchdown. Um, got 16 fantasy points. And Minnesota has allowed the third most fantasy points to wide receivers. And I think that especially if Eli Mitchell's out, he's going to be involved in both the passing and the running game quite a bit here. And then um, for a little bit more of a value play, you could look at Brandon Ayuk. Um, he had seven catches for 85 yards and a touchdown in Jacksonville and, uh, you know, should be heavily targeted once again this week. He's been targeted seven or more times in three of his last four games. And then George Kittle, um, you know, he's been playing pretty well lately. He scored double-digit fantasy points in each of the three weeks that he's been back from his injury. 6,400 on DraftKings, so he is pricey, uh, but he's pretty matchup proof and, you know, a favorite, favorite target, obviously, in the red zone of Jimmy. So, you could pair him up with Jimmy, but for me, I think Samuel and, and Ayuk would be my favorite uh, pass catching options here. Yeah, I would prefer one of those guys. I like the price savings on Ayuk, who's really you know gotten things turned around. And with those running backs, I do want to mention that the reports on Eli Mitchell are that he has been practicing but not carrying the ball <laughs> uh, with his injured hand. So we're recording this on Saturday night. Because of that, I don't think he's going to play. Yeah, I wouldn't but- think so. Maybe he will, but if he doesn't, and with Jamichael Hasey also doubtful, then it looks like it'll be Jeff Wilson and Trey Sermon again. Mm. Uh, Wilson was disappointing last week, 19 carries yeah. for only 50 yards, but he was getting the, the rock in the red zone. Uh, so I think he's worth a look again if we get news early enough that he's, he's starting. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? Would you go back to him, or are you going to fade that situation? I'm probably going to fade that situation. There's other running backs that I prefer on this slate. So that's outside of the games we've mentioned, really. So Okay. All right. How about a prediction for game four? Um, Justin Jefferson will once again see 10-plus targets and at least 100 yards receiving. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. 
And uh, since I do like the 49ers side a little bit here better, then, again, the game script would, would lead towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that could work with my prediction, uh, even though it seems contrary, but it's that Cousins will have two touchdown passes or less. I don't think he'll match last week's performance. Mm. Uh, but Jefferson can still have a strong game. Yeah. Uh, even if he only if he only gets one touchdown or or doesn't even get in the end zone if he gets those big targets again. Right. So Yeah, and that would kind of match what I was talking about earlier with Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup when they had their big games. It was like they were the only ones that were doing anything, you know, against San Francisco. Right. So. Excellent. All right. Well, there's a breakdown of four key matchups that we wanted to put before you. I hope that helps you get ready to build the main slate lineups. We will have the full lineups for our members for FanDuel, the GPP, and the cash lineups. Same thing on Yahoo that you can just plug and play. And then our coach's clipboard on DraftKings. So DFSCoachTalk.com if you want to join the family. You can follow us on Twitter at DFSCoachTalk. If you don't mind, hit the thumbs up on the way out. And then make sure to check out our primetime podcast. Josh and I will be back for that later this weekend break down those key Sunday night and Monday night matchups. All right. On behalf of Josh Crash Davis and the entire DFS Coach Talk team, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.